Welcome to episode 248 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today we caught up with Josh Dunsterville. He is the community manager currently working at Figma. And we get to talk all about what it takes to build a community online, which is something that we're super interested in. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't get a little too pluggy, but we, we definitely <laughs> talked about Spectrum at first because that's a lot of his yeah. job, which is interesting to me. But we also talked about design and his path to through tons of roles to ending up at yeah. Figma as a community manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We hope you enjoy it. Before we get into it, though, we want to thank our sponsors for making this episode possible. Our first sponsor this week is Abstract. They're our friends that make version control happen for design. Abstract is a secure hub for all of your design files. It's a source of truth that you and your team can work off of uh, in real time, in parallel, all from one file without having to worry about conflicts or duplicating files across all of your computers and having that copy, copy, copy final version 12 problem where everybody's trying to just keep up to date with what everyone else on your team is working on. Or even trying to keep sketch files in sync generally has been traditionally an effort and futility. Like it is just not something that you can, an exercise in futility. That's the word I was thinking of. Phrase, word, phrase. <laughs> and since your source of truth is on abstract, uh, again, no conflicting copies, no duplicates, and you're never going to lose a file. All of the history is, is saved on abstract. So if anybody makes a mistake or you want to check out the way a product or design has evolved over time, you can just go back through the history and see exactly what changes were made by who at what point in time. This makes it really easy to collaborate with other designers, engineers, and any other stakeholders on your team. They can directly view and leave feedback in context right on the files. Uh, without having to without ruining them without having to like download your design program and without ruining them (laughs) that's the main thing so if you and your team want to upgrade the way that you build products together you can try abstract for free for one month at goabstract.com go check them out thanks so much to abstract for sponsoring the show our second sponsor is our friends at swipeys I said our friends at abstract our second sponsor is Swipeys. It's white erase. Well, wet erase? Is are white erase and wet erase mutually exclusive? Wet erase and white erase? Yeah. What's white erase? Am I just making things up? Uh-huh. <laughs> Our second sponsor is Swipeys. It's wet erase paper that you can take with you and it has grids on it and you can what can you do with it? You can do a lot of things. I've been using it all morning. You can draw I, on it, take yep. notes on it, wireframe on it. Yep. I drew pictures on one and showed it to someone during our stand-up this morning, which was super convenient just to like get an idea across without mm-hmm. having to actually draw anything. Or well, in like a design tool. If you don't know what swipeys are, they are reusable, durable, synthetic sheets of paper for creative, productive people building things. Dot grids everywhere. They're designed. Custom ones. Yeah. You we can have get custom ones. Custom ones with your logo on them. They have a dot grid on the front, which makes it perfect for wireframing or sketching anything if you are a designer. Uh, but it's also perfect for taking notes and handing it off to other people on your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just drop them off. It's wet erase, so it doesn't get smudged off uh, if you put it on your desk or in your backpack or graze your hand over it like a dry erase. Or uh, slide or, into someone's backpack like you're smuggling them a secret. That's right. Uh, that's how I pass most of my notes. <laughs> it makes slide, it, slide a swipe into Brian's backpack as he's leaving makes my apartment. It super easy to pass secret notes. It's a love fun notes. little nub note on his way. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a surprise when I get home, uh, thanks to the magic of swipeys. That's why they're called swipeys, because you swipe them into the someone's backpack. That's right. That's yeah. why she named them. Obviously. Uh, you should 
use these. We've been using them for years. We have literally hundreds of them and have been recommending them to anybody who designs or codes and needs a better way to collaborate, take notes, draw stuff. Uh, and we got them to and give it's w- good for the environment because when you're done, you just wipe them off and you have a clean slate. We got them to give away at live shows and we gave away some and then kept the other like 200. <laughs> yeah, because we are stingy. We use them a lot. They come in three sizes, letter A5, and they have a personal planner size, which is perfect for on-the-go taking notes. Uh, they also sell kits that gives you the pens that you need, uh, as well as uh, the different sizes. And you can get 10% off your entire order if you use the promo code SPECFM whenever you're checking out. Uh, if you and your company want them, you can get the, the custom should. ones, which you should. Just get a few hundred for you and your team and your company. Makes it really easy to every, have everyone on the same system. Uh, you can do that at swipi.es. That's swipies. Uh, and use the promo code SPECFM. That'll save you 10%. We can't recommend them enough. Go upgrade. SWIPI. Upgrade what? Everything. Your whole life. Basically, between Swipeys and Abstract, uh, it's going to change the way you work. We guarantee it. Designer's that, Warehouse. You're going to like the way you work. Designer's Warehouse. Non-gender specific Designer's Warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much to Swipeys. And with that, let's get into episode 248 with Josh Dunsterville. Um, I am Josh Dunsterville. I am a designer turned community manager. Whoa. Yes. What are you working on? I am the community manager at Figma. So I'm building an online community built mm-hmm. on a platform you're very familiar with. What's it called? Just kidding. Shrekin' G Trump. Shrekin' G Trump. I think it has spec in it. Yeah, it does. Something related to that. Um, And then also offline. So uh, how do we connect people offline to get them to talk to each other and Mm -hmm. learn more about design and all that fun stuff? Seems to me that uh, the definition of community is thrown around very loosely by individuals, companies, basically everybody. Yeah. There's the Facebook community, which is 2 billion people. And then there's like the community that eats food at Bryn's house when he cooks ramen. Which is also 2 billion people. (laughs) (laughs) Coincidentally. uh, Same people, weirdly. (laughs) So given that everybody has different definitions, I'm curious how you or or maybe by proxy Figma thinks about what community is. Oh yeah, that's something we've definitely been uh, thinking about and trying to get all on the same page. everyone even within the company from the marketing team to the design team to stakeholders and um, the board and everyone has kind of this different definition of community um, I think what we're trying to do is to broaden the definition of it to be more than just designers because figma is a tool that can be used uh, for design but also by non-designers so, a collaboration platform was the term I heard a lot internally. Yes, collaboration platform so uh, from a community standpoint, um, I think it's centered around design, but um, not limited to designers. Well, that's one of the main reasons people like it, right? Is like marketing can get in there and like edit copy. Correct. Yeah. Engineers can get in there and pull code or whatever. Yeah. So even um, internally, we use it for presentations and for uh, doodles and all sorts of stuff, and it allows everyone to kind of jump in and um, see what's going on. So, how do you think about like? Is every user of Figma part of the Figma community or is there a subset of Figma users that would be considered the community that you're trying to grow? 
Yeah, I would say, yeah, uh, I would say every user is a part um, and it's just in kind of different levels. So um, I think in order to be a part of the online community, you don't have to use Figma. But I think the conversations that happen on Spectrum are more associated with the tool of Figma and um, more around design and uh, development. And so it's kind of a uh, prereq, but it's not written down anywhere. So, um, but yeah, the, then there's like the larger, like how do we bring all those users, teams from, you know, two designers to, you know, 150, how do we allow them to kind of work together within a single file and within a s- single application without needing to jump between a bunch of things. So mm-hmm. is there a name for the spectrum or not the spectrum, the Figma community? Is there no? Like a, yeah, <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, like figsters, figsters, figlets. Yeah, that was a new I like one. Figlets, figlets, figma, fig newtons, fig newtons. Yeah, there's <laughs> <laughs> so many. I was trying to figure out. That was one of my first questions when I joined. <laughs> uh, How do we come up with a really annoying way to talk about what people are? Or like, <laughs> what do you call the like the verb of being in Figma? Yeah. Like. Some companies Figma-ing. have it so easy, like yeah. Slack. I mean, you don't say, come on. You don't say Slackers. you're slacking. You don't say you're sketching. Yeah, that's true, you don't say you're Photoshop. Oh, photoshopping. Sketchers? Oh, sketchers. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> like the shoes. <laughs> you just photoshop Sketch- it. Sketchers. Like <laughs> walk on them. Comma. Uh. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, did you come up with a name? No, no, it's still undecided. But I. Th- are you going to let the community decide what they want to be called? Ooh. That, Put it up to They'll be Figgy McFig faces. <laughs> yes. Figgy McFig face. Yeah, we should probably have a poll that people can vote. <laughs> this is a feature request <laughs> from Josh. Be either <laughs> the best or the worst mistake of your career. No, totally, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Decision. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, I think the Oshkosh name. Figosh. God. N- nice. It's kind of on brand for you as well. Yeah. Isn't Osh, that like, Josh. Isn't that like a Midwestern brand? Yes, Oshkosh, yeah, it's from Wisconsin. Oshkosh, Oshkosh Wisconsin. Bagosh. Yeah. What do they do? They made overalls. I used oh, to have someone. Oshkosh Bagash. Oshkosh Bagash. Oshkosh Bagash. Shoes? Maybe. No? I don't, I don't know. know. I had overalls, so whatever. It's a place in Wisconsin, though, right? I think Oshkosh is a place, yes. Yeah. They make chocolate. I remember that. Wow. I think, yeah. I could be wrong, oh. but. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the story of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. <laughs> Overalls, chocolate, that's if it. If anybody Overalls knows the chocolate. founder of Oshkosh, get at us because we'd love to learn more. The city or the company? Both. Both. <laughs> Who founded In theory, the city? it's the same person. Probably. <laughs> yeah. That is a I mean, you probably had name. to wear overalls while you make chocolate, so. <laughs> Oshkosh. I mean, you can't just make chocolate in anything. <laughs> <laughs> well. Shorts? Madman. <laughs> So how long have you been managing uh, the community at Figma? Yeah, so I just uh, joined recently. I think it's two and a half months, maybe three. So very new. Um, it seems like it's been forever. It seems like it's been forever. <laughs> you know, I, we talked to you a lot. <laughs> hopefully that's a good thing. It is a, a good, good thing. feeling. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, before that, I was managing another community of another design tool mm-hmm. everyone is familiar with. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Um, it goes by a name sketch and uh-huh. yeah. Uh, but that was just on the side. It wasn't affiliated with, uh, Bohemian coding or uh, anyone at sketch. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to get back to that, yeah, that particular yeah. story in a bit, but okay. I'm curious how the first few months have been going at Figma so far. Yeah. Um, it's been great. So I am actually one of the few remote employees. So I live in Long Beach, California, which for those that don't know, it's just South the of The longest LA. beach. 
Yeah, the longest beach. It's mm-hmm. actually one of the like biggest port cities in the U.S. So, um, <laughs> if welcome that, to San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's bigger than San Francisco. It might actually. be. I have no idea. I don't know. This is like a Wikipedia thing for. It's pretty ridiculous. Here's yeah. all I know. <laughs> <laughs> we can just put all of these facts in the show notes. Which yeah. is like Oshkosh founder. Yeah. <laughs> What yeah. is the largest Someone's port do city? Some research. It's not going to be me. It's yeah. not going to be me. We should probably no. just not do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm remote. Uh, I work from home uh, just down in Long Beach and come up here to San Francisco uh, a few times a month. Um, a few times a month? Yeah, for a few days to a week. So obviously, you know, when I got hired, my first whole week was up here. Yeah. Um, but it is by far the easiest commute. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like an it hour is, right yeah it's like an hour flight long beach airport is uh one of the best airports it's tiny fun fact it was you got us beat long uh, beach yes. beat san francisco yes. um fun fact kind of a lot <laughs> <laughs> oh the I'm, I'm the worst yeah yeah, yeah you are <laughs> um no long beach airport was featured in catch me if you can if oh, you've ever seen that yeah i have yeah a bunch of times. Yeah. It's, it's a, a great, great movie. Great flick. Yes. Um, with, anyways. With Tom and, and Leo and yes. the whole gang. The whole gang. Trying to catch each other. <laughs> <laughs> if they can. <laughs> <laughs> if they can. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's a super small airport. So I walk in at 2.30, get on the flight at 3, and I'm in San Francisco by 4, and at the hotel by 5. So That's very um, nice. For me to drive to downtown LA, it would be... Leaving Just at long, three, yeah. getting to downtown LA at five. So that's bananas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been great. It's definitely remote work is interesting because uh, before this, I was you know doing some freelance work, and remote work I think is different than freelance. Uh, with freelance, you kind of you get to um, you know pick your schedule a little bit more, but you're not necessarily relying on teams, uh, depending on you know who you're. You, you might be contracting with, uh, you know, a, a team of designers, but um, it's a little bit more flexible. And then with remote work, you know, you kind of want to be on the same schedule as everyone else. Luckily, it's in the same time zone, so it's not too big of an issue. But it is, Does Figma have a lot of remote employees, or is this a pretty rare sort of development to, uh, to be one of the few? New, yes. There's like three or four that I can think I of. Think three or four. Uh, there's most now, are in this time zone, too. Yeah, there's now, I think, five or six of us total. Um, So I I think that's a pretty interesting thing because not only is remote work itself uh, an interesting area that poses its own unique set of challenges, but now you have layered on that you're one of like the minority set of employees that are are doing this and everyone else is here in SF. I'm curious how you've thought about that aspect of it being being one of the few. I think nowadays like there's so many tools out there that make remote work easy and... um, you know, Slack being one of them and um, Figma being another one that's <laughs> collaborative. You can just jump in. Uh, you guys are all on Dropbox Paper too, which is Dropbox Paper is amazing. Yeah. Although some of the marketing team, they are using uh, Google Docs. So <gasps> oh, it's geez. kind of this like internal battle of figuring out oh, no. which one's going to win. And I think we have multiple docs within each platform uh, describing pros and cons of each one. I just feel nice. like the only reason Google wins is because of sheets you get yeah you get like spreadsheets yeah sheets is, you can embed sheets in paper docs which is really weird to me yeah wait like paper doesn't actual, have yeah google sheets it'll oh, update live too oh really you you just have to edit on the sheet, sheets side yeah oh well that's 
still a horrible experience. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, I You're find still paper using two tools. much more. You're still less using two in sheets and docs too. Uh, like if you embed it in a doc. Uh, yeah, I see. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Anyways, yeah. we could argue the merits of. Yeah. No, we couldn't. I just won that. <laughs> Leave it alone. <laughs> of productivity uh, office tools. But. Office tools. Yeah, but um, yeah, going back to the remote conversation, I th- it's. Figma is amazing that they've gotten a lot of this stuff kind of figured out beforehand. So when I joined, you know, they kind of gave me a paper doc of kind of a plan. And um, yeah, it wasn't this kind of difficult transition. I will say like being, feeling a part of the culture, like that definitely helped by spending a whole week for, um, you know, my first week up here, uh, getting to know everyone. And um, I think Figma has some of the like, friendliest employees and um i've been at companies where you never talk to an engineer and like the first day like pretty much every engineer was introducing themselves and you know they have uh, some open kind of concept for the lunch tables and Mm -hmm. every day there's lunch and you just sit down and talk to a new person every day which is amazing yeah the team is super super cool it's weird now that the lunch room isn't big enough yeah, like it's <laughs> every time I go there, it's like so much bigger than it was before. Well, so it was interesting too. Start, starting, I had a desk. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you I, visited, yeah, when I visited my first week, I had a desk. Um, the next time I came up, I was moved over to a floater desk, <laughs> and then now <laughs> the past couple times I've come up, I've sat at those lunch tables because there's yeah. no more room. So, which is a good go. problem to have. But one of the coming, yes, one of the things that seems like it could come up as feeling maybe alienated from from the group that is here or like being left out of conversations and decision making yeah how, how do you think so about that or what's the experience it's kind of funny that i still subscribe to the office update channel in slack so i get to see like when someone posts a picture of like who left their dirty dishes in the sink. <laughs> yeah and it's kind of i don't know it's someone nice. pooped outside our door <laughs> <laughs> exactly there's a crazy person outside be war uh but it's it i think it just takes a little bit longer to um like get there um there's you just have to spend a little bit more intentional time trying to build relationships and um i think one of like probably for the first month and it's still happening i I think i try to meet with a different person um every week and just kind of learn about what they're doing um, tell them a little bit about what I'm doing with community and then see if there's any overlap. Um, and that goes through all the different departments. I mean, it started with kind of my immediate team and then, you know, expanded to design and, uh, the engineering team and sure. Um, yeah. Uh, going off of that, I think one thing we're seeing is more and more companies wanting to build a community and having like this initiative, like let's build our community. They refer to their community, but you have what I don't see is very clear measurements of success or like yeah. tangible outcomes. So everyone has a different idea of what a community is too. Right. And, totally. and a different yeah. idea of like what makes a successful one, like is yeah. a successful one, one where people are self-organizing meetups and like are all buddies or is it a place where people get answers or yeah. are there like financial business metrics that need to be moved? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think with any sort of initiative that a company is, making there's there there's that underlying tone of you know finances like at the end of the day we want to make money and um but the money doesn't necessarily drive the actual initiatives um 
but yeah, it's interesting because community, I think, is because it's such a open term. It's very hard to like pin down what exactly is success. Uh, what does success mean to a community? Um, and yeah, you brought up some good points of like, is it the number of people? And you know, I think Facebook and Reddit and you know some of the subreddits have thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Um, but there's not this idea of like health to it or uh, like a, a more kind of personal example. Um, I started trying to get into type design, mm -hmm. um, which I just kind of was fascinated by typography and, you know, how you actually design type and, uh, started, you know, I bought a bunch of books and was starting to read up on it. And the next kind of natural step is like, after you watch some videos or read books, it's like, oh, now I want to get feedback and how do I get involved with the community? And I mean, this may seem harsh, but I think the type design community is trash. <laughs> it's it's so hard to get in. It may, I mean, and it's not like, yeah. it's not large, but it's very- um, I'm telling Rasmus. Yeah, tell Rasmus. <laughs> <laughs> We've actually talked about this. He is on my side with this. Um, well, it's like gatekeeper-y. No, yeah, it's just hard to get involved. Like, um, so with type design, you know, you, if you're building a font or designing out a font, you, you know, you start with just individual glyphs and you start building out these sets. And um, so kind of a natural way to start for me, at least, was just to build a simple like uh, ser or sans serif display typeface, you know, something very geometric, yeah. um, something that you could build in illustrator or even figma or whatever and then kind of port over to glyphs or robofon or mm -hmm. uh, whatever tool you're using and so the idea is like okay you have this letter a how do i know it's a good letter a and you can read through all the books but at the end of the day like you want to get that out in front of someone and get some feedback and going through kind of some of the type communities and going through the, the forum, the threads, and then seeing people do that and then just get shot down or um, it's just a bad culture of like not really walking alongside. And I think it's okay to say like, you're not there yet. This isn't good. Like this isn't a usable typeface, but um, there's no encouragement. There's no encouragement or like understanding that, Oh, I'm completely new at this and yeah. I want to get started. And to be honest, it like kind of shut me down from wanting to work on it anymore. Um, so I think knowing that, I think it's much easier to see a community that's failing or that is um, quote unquote like bad um, to then one that is like succeeding and uh, is uh, good. Um, so I think at Figma or like what I'm trying to work on is like, how do we increase uh, or like, how do you tell like that the health of the community is good? Um, and I kind of, it's right now it's a kind of just a gut feeling, I guess. But when you look at these conversations around, um, you know, using that same example of like someone sh new to design, sharing their work and seeing the community come around and say, Oh, this is like a great start, but you know, you should focus on using like a grid system and aligning everything up and here's how you do it. And um, I think once you start seeing those types of conversations, it opens it up for people that are maybe just like, oh, what's this, you know, interface design? What is you, what is UX? Like, yeah. what, <laughs> what is that? It's short uh, for sucks. <laughs> 
Uh, um, so like, how do you get into that? And, um, I think you naturally like whatever types of communication you see on a specific platform. And I mean, this is mostly online. It's going to attract similar, um, types of communication. So if it's very open and, um, inviting, it's, you know, someone new can jump in and not feel afraid to kind of share their work and get feedback and actually improve as a designer it's kind of the idea of like like attracts like so if it gets toxic it's just going to get more toxic if it's positive it's just going to be more positive exactly yeah and so like ultimately i think that's kind of the measurement i guess but um you can't necessarily it's hard to quantify you can't put that in a google doc or paper doc (laughs) and uh yeah you can't slash our paper yeah (laughs) i think hmm. I disagree with that because I think about it all the time. But like, I, I think that's been the way the whole industry has been. Is like, there's no way to quantify this for a long time because the tools just haven't existed to do it, which yeah. is crazy. Because yeah. literally, well, the internet was built for communities. Like, it was just researchers sharing research. It's hard that's to true. quantify because it's so subjective, right? Like the the health of a um, church community might be very different than the health of like. I mean, how do I? not draw stereotypes here, but like something that might be a little less tame than than that. Or, I mean, you could even look at like with the current political climate, like, sure. Like it's easy to draw, you know, it's easy. It can easily get into bandwagoning and like versus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's another, I mean, kind of a definition of community is like, uh, like a group of people gathering around a similar interest. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's tribalism to it often. Yeah. I think the, another thing though is to, it's, you have to be careful not to get too inclusive where, uh, I'm sorry, exclusive where yeah. you're not allowing others into it. And eventually like a community will just stop growing if you're only limiting yourself to a specific topic or group of people. Um, yeah. So it's, it's definitely an interesting problem to try to solve. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. You guys are definitely doing something similar. Yeah. Or have some similar things that we you think, think about are, it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think about it a lot too. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I should. It's in my job I hope description. So. Yeah. Uh what what have been the, the most painful parts of it? Uh in and I'm, I'm This is user testing with Brian. This is user testing <laughs> yeah. with Brian. No, I'm I'm trying to understand like I think if you ask most people, they would say like community's a good thing. And I'm sure there's a yeah. lot of people that work at companies that say like we should have a, a better community. Yeah. But perhaps getting the the resources and buy-in from the business itself could be challenging. Yeah. So that's one element of like what's been challenging or or or, or what have you learned here about getting yeah. Figma to, to you know hire you full time, being super behind this initiative, like building this community. Yeah. Uh, but then also yeah, like the practicalities of the day to day, like how how do we get people talking and how do we make sure people are yeah. positive and without it, basically you having to micromanage every conversation. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think one of the biggest challenges is figuring out yeah which direction to take the community and you know both the online community from like a very practical sense of like how do we get more people talking and interacting with each other and um, growing as a designer or marketer or copywriter uh, whatever they are um, but then the kind of larger sense of like how do we 
grow the design community in general or how do we bring more people around design? I think, I mean, the past couple of years we've seen design kind of explode and um, more and more companies are focusing on it, um, which means there's there's like a, an economic like reason to get into design for, especially for, you know, uh, you know, kids right now that once they, you know, go to school and, um, you know, look into different career paths that they might be interested. I think there's a lot of jobs out there right now for design. And, um, so yeah, part of, part of the challenge is like, how do we grow that without, um, collapsing the initial community of designers or, you know, people around Figma? Um, I think one of the, one of the great things was that before I joined, I think the community kind of already existed. And um, I mean, it did practically on Spectrum. It already existed before I joined. But um, the just the nature of the tool itself um, allowed people to want to become a part of a community, I guess. Or, to um, kind of congregate around it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's partially because it's built in the web. So it's... You, you know you're not limiting yourself to a specific platform or computer or um os or anything and um and then the collaborative features within figma kind yeah. of the whole goal is to bring people together and i think it's it was something unique that wasn't that didn't really exist within the design space and that also brought kind of the initial subset of people in and the values uh, aligned exactly yeah, yeah. um but yeah, going back to kind of the problems, I think it's it's figuring out like where to focus. Like, yeah, where how do we get um, buy-in from the rest of the company and what do we focus on? Like, does that look like uh, a conference for users? Does it look like, you know, investing in more meetups? Does it look like, uh, you know, separating the community based on geographical location? Um, it's something that's it's kind of like this ongoing problem, I guess. And it's something that I'm trying to figure out and, and work through. And, um, but yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. It sounds like there's a lot of questions you have that need answers. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not going to pretend like I know everything there is about community or how to build one. I, um, yeah, but well, they're people problems, right? Like, yeah, Knowing everything about people problems is really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's absolutely. no way you would know everything. Uh, uh, but maybe you've definitely learned something along the way. So for maybe for other people at companies that are trying to get something started, you have advice yeah. for like uh, at yeah. least ways to start thinking about it or get the ball rolling totally. in some way? Yeah, I think uh, one of the first things to kind of look for is like look where users are hanging out already. Like um, I think designers are... A, a lot of us are on Twitter or, you know, hanging out in Slack groups. Um, Slack groups exploded, you know, mm -hmm. um, was a feature set that I don't think Slack was. That, that's how we met you, was <laughs> yeah. you were in our Slack team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think like paying attention to that. So whatever your company is and you're trying to build community, like something, yeah, something for designers, like building a online platform is great for designers, developers, um, you know, people in the tech space. Um, but if you are, I don't know, um, a botanist, like, do, do you hang, like, can you describe, like, what botany is? Botany like, Twitter is insane. <laughs> insane. <laughs> um, 
Treater. They get also no, that didn't work. <laughs> I think if you go to twitter.org, is it or net, it's like it's an actual community for birds. Like, birds. Ornithologists? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Shit. Sign yeah. me up. Yeah. I remember seeing that when, huh. you know. It's a, it's a good reminder whenever stuff gets bad on <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> Just like, there's a better Twitter community out there. <laughs> there's a great place out there for birds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like a community for botanists like may actually look more like, you know, bringing people together and to like a farmer's market. In, <laughs> farmer's market. Yeah, I'm sure botanists are going to love that. Yeah. Um, Seeing all their plants getting eaten. What do you think farmers are? <laughs> They, they do plants. But they kill them. <laughs> well, not, they don't try to kill them. They generally plant them. But then... This has been Botanist <laughs> Details. <laughs> botanist Details. I'm just saying, Amazing. Think, think of the plants. Um, Sorry, we cut you off. No, yeah. I, so for a company that's wanting to focus on community, I think you start there. Like, where are your users? Where uh, are they hanging out? Um, is it... I, like online or is it something offline and then start uh, just focusing on that. And you, you know, there's many different initiatives you can take to, to do that. I mean, with like an online platform, it can be, you know, having these kind of focused conversations around a specific topic. It can be, you know, having interviews with um, specialists within the field. It, um, and then offline, like I think the kind of, within the design space, it's, you know, meetups and conferences. And um, a lot of that translates offline too, of like having specialists speak and <laughs> talk about how they design and what sure. is design. And yeah. Makes sense. What is design? What is design? Yeah. That is a great question. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice deflection. I was yeah. trying to get you to answer me. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, what is community? <laughs> yeah. Everything, yeah. everything. Everything to... To everyone, Community uh, is a show by Dan Harmon. Uh, features <laughs> several comedians: <laughs> Donald Glover, aka Charles Gambino, yes. Danny Pudi, Jeff was someone, Yvette Nicole Brown. Yeah, who is Jeff? He has a show too. <laughs> Joel McHale. Joel yes. McHale. There yeah. you go. The Soup. Right. Yeah. The Soup. And that's a show. And yeah. Yep, that's everyone on the that's, show. <laughs> that's everyone. <laughs> uh, let's let's rewind time. Okay, where are you from? I am. Oh, this is a great story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up, because my personal story is it's awesome. awesome. <laughs> no, it's just different. It, like, uh, so I'm from Nevada. I am from a very small town in Nevada, uh, about an hour and forty five minutes northwest of Las Vegas. It's mm. called Beatty, uh, like Warren Beatty, or um b-e-a-t-t-y yeah exactly um and it is a gold mining town so there was a gold mine there and my father was a gold miner and uh it's about a thousand people roughly two square miles and that is i mean i was born in vegas uh because there's no hospital in my <laughs> town um and the two square miles ran out real quick yeah exactly <laughs> Um, but yeah, born and raised there until I moved to California for college. So, what was it like growing up in a mining yes. town? That was small. your computer made of gold? <laughs> no, <laughs> we didn't have a computer until maybe my sophomore year of high school, which came with a copy of Top Gun. Sick. Uh, 
and it had a DVD player, and we <laughs> crowded around this like 14 inch <laughs> monitor <laughs> to watch Top Gun, and it's amazing. Perfect. Yeah, what which, a beautiful, beautiful. I think picture. they're remaking Top Gun, which really upsets me. Really? Yeah. Someone huh. was talking to me about Point that. Break, so that's not surprising. Well, like I just find it funny. Like, why remake Tom? They're Cruise remaking movies? The Crow. Yeah, like Tom still wait for him to die and then like, <laughs> like have a new Tom. He doesn't Cruise. even Point look Break that is old, Keanu Reeves. Oh, uh, really? Kurt Russell. Wait, they're uh, remaking. I haven't seen any of. Them. They already did it. Oh, they already like, did five years ago or something. Yeah, yeah, but they shouldn't have. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I agree. This is the same case. Yeah. Um. Yeah, growing up in a small town. So the so my dad was a gold miner. So um and. I mean, some clarification on that. He worked at the gold mine. It's uh, <laughs> it's yes, not, a very yes, important distinction. Yeah. It's not what you think of like a prospector, like you know, panning your dad for went gold. Out to the river every morning. Yeah, with your that, dad was a mall for Toy Story too. Yeah, no. Um, I don't know the technical terms around it, but essentially, what they do is they take a mountain that has a bunch of gold in it and Mine they kind of they make it go away. <laughs> they dig from the top and they rebuild the mountain on the side and they kind of dig this spiral hole all the way down to the bottom, collect as much gold as possible. So, um, uh, and then my mom was, uh, and still is a, a teacher. So, um, growing up in a small town, you have a school that is K through, I mean, we had K through 12 and it had maybe 300 across the entire school. Um, so you have small classrooms, um, there's nothing to do there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how did you keep entertained? Unless you're really into gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so take me to the mines. Yeah. Pop, pop. <laughs> so the town is covered or like surrounded by uh, just a bunch of uh, mountains. So it's actually a great place to kind of go hiking. I grew up doing that. Um, my dad, after the mine shut down, he was responsible for kind of there's a bunch of mine shafts that were just set up and people fall in them and die or try to like explore them. <laughs> um, and you actually get taught this in school. There's like, like in California, you have earthquake training, like how to hide on your desk in uh, Nevada and my town. You're we're taught how to not go into mine shafts and <laughs> what to look see, to- see a mine shaft. Don't go in it. <laughs> Don't go in it. Well, some of them like this was <laughs> extensive and thorough training. Don't course. get up yeah, in there. Do exactly. not go in it. <laughs> well, some of them look like like a cave that you're going in, but as you you know walk through, they may drop then 300 feet, and oh, I see. You don't want to get involved in that. But um, on the other hand, a cave might just have a bear. Which That's is true. not but great. We don't really have bears. So let's, we broaden, do have let's broaden the scope here. Yeah. No caves. No caves. A subset of caves are mines. So yes. therefore, by excluding caves, we have excluded all mines. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, uh, so growing up, you do a lot of hiking, um, you know, use like, I don't know, back then we didn't have like cell phones or anything or you don't have much of a cell service. Like yeah. like I said, you could, we got- you Barely had Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is delayed coming to the town. Yeah. Um, so you use your imagination. I mean, I think- We imagine- You pretend to be like, Top Gun. We imagined <laughs> Top Gun way before it came but out. But it's like, uh, so- Who's Goose this time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have two younger siblings. Uh, I'm the oldest, and so uh, my sister and then my younger brother. Uh, Iceman and Goose. Iceman and Goose, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we would just, you know, there's a lot of kind of open land, and it's mostly like tumbleweeds and just cacti and yeah. stuff like that. But we'd go and just build forts or just go exploring. And 
it's such a safe town. So like we don't lock our doors. We always left the keys to the car in the car. Yeah. Um, I've actually never seen our house key. Like I don't think my parents Dude, still lock. So. Small towns are so they. It weirds me out going home that like it's, you yeah. can just leave shit around. Yeah. I mean <laughs> that that has recently changed, but like growing up, we never locked the doors. Yeah. Like never. I guess we did it at night, but like. Yeah, yeah, at night, you, yeah. Know, you lock it from the inside. Like, but I never had a key. Like, Yeah, everything I, was just left unlocked. My childhood like was like, oh, we just left the doors open at night and we'd wake up literally with wildlife in our house. Like, That's amazing. Birds yeah. and boxes and shit. Oh, yeah. And like, not not good, and, not And now you've got a fox. <laughs> so win <laughs> win. It's just like, yeah. Small towns are just different world. I can't imagine. Brian yeah. the Beastmaster. <laughs> I, I lock my door when I walk my dog around the block. Oh, yeah. It's like, um, here. But yeah, so a lot of exploring and, yeah. you know, building stuff and, um, you know, Legos were a huge part of my childhood of as course. it was for a lot of us, I think. Um, there was one video store in the town uh, run by just a family and it would get movies on VHS and like probably about once a week we'd go and rent one for Your portal to a pop dollar culture. or two dollars. <laughs> yeah. Um, they also had a few video game systems, which, uh, my family was very strict about oh, that. Man. Like we were this like a blockbuster or something or like some blockbuster because blockbuster had the virtual boy back in the day. And that's the only like game system I ever rented. Do you remember that? No, I don't. Uh-uh. I mean, it wasn't a blockbuster. <laughs> so <that's laughs> well, like, no one ever this... bought a virtual boy. They just rented them. And it was like this red VR bullshit. Oh, Everything yeah. was red. Huh? It was the worst. So yeah, I remember they didn't. The only video game system that they had Dreamcast. was the Dreamcast. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so my brother and I, we would, uh, you know, try to convince our parents to, you know, let us rent it, you know, once a month or whatever. And uh, so we do that. We would watch a lot of movies after they've come out and are on VHS, which takes a lot longer back then. You know, uh-huh. now a movie's in the theater and... They're on VHS right away after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really shifted the pace yeah. here. Oh, yeah. gosh. Um but yeah, other than that, once, you know, I started getting older, um, you know, I started getting into music and um, my dad was a musician uh, back in the day. He's from England originally and played in a bunch of bands. And uh, so that was always kind of a big part of my life. Uh, was, I want to talk to your dad. He's how the fuck <laughs> he's he has the most insane stories. And uh <laughs> I think, I mean, obviously, like, genetics, but the person I am today is, like, a lot because of him. Um, and he did, like... <laughs> because of genetics, among other reasons. <laughs> among other things, yeah. I mean, he did just about every single job, like, from, like, yeah, literally being in a rock band signed by EMI in the 60s to, like, building tools that makes that make ships to, like, doing the concrete for MGM Grand to gold mining to like uh, everything um but yeah so getting into music surprisingly at our small high school so there was another town 30 minutes away that they only had k through eight so then they would bust their high schoolers so the high school was about 150 um with two towns combined um surprisingly though we had a full you know football team track and field state champs <laughs> state champs <laughs> actually i mean i think we got town state champs, champs. Yeah. <laughs> town champs, <laughs> town champs. Um, we're the best in the 30 minute radius exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um 
we also had a bunch of, I mean, we had a music program. So, you know, band, choir, we had drama, we had, you know, home ec. We had a lot of um, extracurricular, like, um, classes, which was surprising. Being the, like, caveat to it was that the teacher that taught, you know, um, government and U.S. history was the same teacher who taught gym, home ec. (laughs) was the coach of the football team, <laughs> football team or basketball team. Like, and also if you the principal, gym, you are just the yeah. football coach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going into high school, I started getting into music. I picked up the trumpet and started learning how to play that. Um, was horrible at it for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, eventually went to school for music. Uh, moved what, out west was was the vision to uh be a musician what do you want to do yeah so uh, wait, actually not, before we get to that, yeah did, when you grew up was there this notion of like escaping small town life i don't know we're sort of being yes. harsh harsh no. on small town but obviously people can yeah and can and no, yeah. i wanted to get the hell out of there okay. like it's i mean looking back at it now like as an adult i can say like oh it's a great place like there was stability and safety and so like raising kids there it's it's fine but one, it's so dusty there. Like, it is just so dusty. Um, and then, but like, yeah, when you're in high school and like, I don't know, all there is to do is go out into the desert and drink. We did. <laughs> Which we did. <laughs> there was, um, we did have like a few games that we kind of, they're so. Desert games? <laughs> Desert games. <laughs> Desert drinking games. Um, Kick the sand that way. <laughs> what, what could possibly not go games, wrong? But, uh, so we did one called mattressing where oh we would uh, chain a mattress to the back of a truck. <laughs> And then you hold on to it Holy and someone drives shit. through the desert. This is desert tubing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah essentially <laughs> desert tubing. Uh, and then we did another one called car tag. So there's no, uh, there's no stoplights in our town. There's only stop signs. And car tag, we'd play at, you know, middle of the night. And essentially it's tag, but you tag the car by flashing your headlights, by getting as close as possible to the car. And then they're it and you drive off and... Um, they get like a head start and you pile as, you know, what everyone. Could, what in, could go wrong? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I was really concerned that you had to touch the car with your car. No, <laughs> yeah, like no, lightly, lightly tap bumpers. No. But, okay. No, just a lot of running of stop signs. and we, uh, we definitely did the mattressing thing, but with like ski ropes and snowboards. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's that cool. was a big thing. That's fine. Yeah. In Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. We don't get much snow in Nevada. Mm-mm. Um, but yeah, uh, so there was definitely that notion of wanting to get out of there. Um, you know, yeah, move to a big city, do yeah. something bigger. Um, I the longest speech you can find. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I I didn't always want to uh, be a musician though. Um, I wanted to get into architect, uh, like architecture and drafting and all of that, which we did have a drafting class. Um, but I never got into it. And so I was like, well, it's pretty I exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. Um, and then I also wanted to become a pilot and I am blind. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not actually blind, but I have very poor vision and I've had glasses since I was like five years old. Yeah. And so uh, that, I mean, nowadays with LASIK and everything, you can become a pilot, but back then it was much more strict. <laughs> Um, so I kind of like put that aside and was like, well, I'm, you know, I like music. I'm interested in music. Uh, why don't I go to school for music? Um, found this, you know, private school in Southern California. Uh, I got accepted. 
they needed trumpet players. I played the trumpet. Holy shit. Supply uh, and demand, baby. Yeah. And uh, so moved <laughs> further west <laughs> yeah. uh, to a place that has crosswalks and targets. and yeah. um, A little less dusty. Uh, yeah, a little less dusty. Yeah. Um, That's and nice. where I study music. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Did you finish studying music? Did I you get did, a degree? Yes. Yeah. So I have a degree in music education and I do not use it. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Um, yeah. So I still play music. I not so much the trumpet, um, but piano and guitar. And um, I like to write music. And uh, my wife's also musical. So uh, she sings. And I met her at school in the music department. So, um, but yeah, I started working at the Apple store and that kind of eventually got me into design. Um, what is a path from the Apple store storage. to design? <laughs> yeah. So I got a job. These are some good looking products. Yes. No. Um, I mean, I've always been interested in, you know, design and, um, you know, in high school we did have, uh, you know, a Mac and we had Photoshop and, you and know, I helped with them. Top Gun and yeah, Top I get Gun. it. <laughs> I was able to like, you know, help with like the yearbook team and, you know, I had like a little bit of um, just like awareness of like what design was, but I mean, back then it's completely different. Uh, I mean, as many guests on your show talk about like Neopets, of course, obviously was a big thing. Yeah. And then, yeah, music. So, cross both of those off um but yeah so music education uh i got a job at the apple store i worked there all through college so almost four years and um i i was you know a red zone or whatever they call it you know selling at that time like iphones and macs and then you know the ipad came out and got to do some of those cool launches but um, I fixed a guy's iPad screen and he was like, I like you, you should come work for me. What? Um, and he handed me his business card and said, give me a call if you ever want to like do something different. So the very next day, um, this was my senior year. I called him and he answered the phone and, and he thought I was like his gardener or something like, uh, he didn't remember me at first. So I had to remind him like, Oh, I'm Josh. I, you know, fixed I your iPad. <laughs> you said like you wanted to like you had a job maybe and um it was he worked in he led like the sales department for a mobile app development studio um about you know 10 minutes away from where i was living so he gave me an interview which was the strangest like three hour long like conversation with them i, I mean like looking back at it now like he was crazy but <laughs> um he, I still had like a whole semester of school to finish, but he said, no, we'll save a, a job for you on the sales team. Um, I was like, okay, cool. So uh, they gave me an offer. I graduated and, you know, celebrated for a week and then started <laughs> at this app development studio. So, um, and in sales, the studio was called Metal Mobile. M-E-D-L mobile. I think, I don't know if it's still around. So but you had a nightmare telling anybody how to find the website. Exactly. Yeah. And it was all cold calling. So yeah. it was like. Cold like the metal, but not that yes, metal. Not yeah. metal. And Hi, this is Josh from Metal Mobile. It's M-E-D-L mobile. <laughs> that is 100% what I had to say Jesus. all day long. Um, the other brilliant thing was someone bought metalmobile.com and just like flooded it Fuck with you. keywords. Yeah, and like, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But I started in the sales department, which quickly were, it was diluted because cold calling, asking people to, do you want to buy an app, make an app? Like it doesn't, it doesn't exactly work. Um, especially back then when, you know, the app store had just come out and no one really knew what an app was or why they needed one. Um, so they kind of transitioned me. They laid off a bunch of people, unfortunately, and then kept me for some reason and transitioned me into an acquisition department, which was just me and this other guy. And my job was to scrape the app store. Um, so I started learning about like SQL queries and how to, you know, work with a, <laughs> a developer overseas to like actually get phone numbers and emails of these, you know, app store developers. And, um, so I would, you know, gather a list and we would go after an app that had potential, wasn't updated, um, and the developer didn't want to maintain it. Um, and we had an ad uh, SDK that we would, you know, we'd buy these apps or use like a rev share deal and then uh, take it over, own the intellectual property, put our ad SDK in it you know, update it to the latest OS, ship it out, and then split profits with them. Wow. It was, I mean, it was super, like, sleazy. Like, I, yeah, I really did not like it, but that is where I learned how to design. So I um, was in charge of, you know, managing all of these, this, like, small portfolio of apps that we acquired, and we had to get them back out in the store. But that was not our main business. Like, we were a studio, so we had real clients that paid us money, and um, all of our designers and developers were, you know, the priority was for them to work on the paying sure. clients. And um, so I was supposed to like project manage and, um, you know, find a developer and designer to update these, but there were none. I was the new guy and we had like deadlines to hit. So I bought a book from uh, the, what's the like coding, um, what's the, like the Ray something, I forget what it's called. Anyways, it's an iOS development book. Um, and I bought the Objective C one and general like iOS development, or maybe it was C and then Objective C. I don't know. iOS Any, for dummies. Yeah. Essentially, bought some books, started like going through some tutorials, downloaded a fake copy, <laughs> a cracked copy of Photoshop Obviously. and Illustrator. Yeah. Um, and started trying to update these apps, um, which back then it was when uh, Apple moved to like memory management. So they had the Arc system. Yep. And so it was really just trying to fix these bugs, which was me bothering uh, my developer friend and using Stack Overflow and bothering my designer friend and you know asking her how to like export pngs properly yeah. and all of that so you're a byproduct of bothering people exactly yeah i like that so much so that like the ceo had to put the developer in like his office and lock him there and stop me from asking him <laughs> um persistent yeah. yeah exactly um but i learned a lot you know i was lucky to have you know like my developer friend there he was uh, a great teacher and you know he never took over control over my computer he like walked me through the problems and like uh gave me a ton of advice on like the development side of things and then same thing with the design you know never like you know just doing it because i'm taking too long figuring it out and um yeah so i worked there for three years did a bunch of other things other than like design and development eventually like got into more of a formal of like UX UI role there, okay. but um, 
I, you know, did project management and other things there. And what happened after three years? After three years. So, well, while, while I was there, I heard of this tool sketch and I'm the type of person that, you know, tries out every new tool out there. Like I've tried every email client, um, you know, communication tool, project management tool to do app. I try them all and then never stick with anything, but sketch had just come out. Um, I think they had just launched the 2.0 beta. Um, so it was still pretty new and, um, yeah, I just was like, Oh, this like something clicked, like this makes sense for designing apps, like Photoshop and illustrator. Like it just, it never, there's so much other like tutorials and like how to use the pen tool and all of this when really I was trying to make like a rectangle or a circle with like a person's picture in it and like some text and put it on an iPhone screen and show it and say like, why don't we do this? And, um, but I found sketch and then I decided to start a community. And, um, so Slack had also come out pretty recently and a lot of companies were starting to use it. Um, product hunt was also pretty new and like the thing that you wanted to be on. And I saw someone start a Slack community and it was posted on product hunt. I was like, Oh, this would be great to use for sketch. And so, uh, over Christmas break, I was back East with, uh, my now wife, but at the time girlfriend. And, uh, we had some, I had some down, uh, downtime where I was like, oh, I think I'm going to do this. So <laughs> I spun up a quick little website with a, uh, like a type form button and, uh, opened up a Slack community, called it team sketch. And, uh, no one signed up for it for a while. <laughs> Overnight <laughs> um, success. No. Um, my my whole goal, though, was just to like have like 20 or so people on it that I could learn more about design and, mm-hmm. um, you know, figure out the things that I was doing in Sketch, if they were right or wrong or how I could just uh, level up. Um, and eventually someone did post it on Product Hunt and it blew up from there and uh, over the couple of years, it you know grew into being one of the larger Slack communities, and um, and then you guys passed me. And <laughs> uh, should we call it Teen Sketch? So all the kids would know it was cool. Teen Sketch, yeah. Uh, sketch is such a horrible name, though. It was. I mean, it's like so hard. I love to get. there's a Photoshop sketch or an Adobe sketch or whatever the Adobe, fuck it is. Yeah, Adobe. So sketch. funny. And then there's Sketch App, which is like mm-hmm. a another tool that or Sketch Up or Sketch, sketch up. up. Yeah, yeah, Sketch Up. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, so try naming something spectrum. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Figma at least is pretty unique. There's just the, the Japanese toy, the Japanese toy. They make great toys. Yeah. It's super cool. It's amazing. So, I mean, now we've pretty much have passed them on all the like SEO, like Google, uh, results. But if you just like search hashtag Figma within Twitter, it's almost all of the Japanese toys, which awesome. is amazing. But they're yeah. like Zelda and stuff, which yeah. is, I mean, sorry, they're just cooler. They're, yeah. <laughs> Get more Zelda on yeah. your site, I guess. Exactly. Um, got Gundams and shit. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so uh, I started the, you know, sketch community. Um, and from that, um, you know, I had, I was able to like post a few things on my like dribble account and, um, from that, uh, I've another guy just happened to reach out. Um, I mean, he reached out to a ton of people, but I responded, and, and he was starting a marketing company, and I wanted something new. I was kind of like there was no one else at the company that could really teach me anything anymore, and uh, it's kind of like that 
expression of like if you're the best musician in the band like you should probably find a new band um i don't know if that's a real expression but i i get the gist yeah yeah. um so he was starting a marketing company he had previously done one before and uh was that was in utah and he moved to california um when he got married and wanted to basically repeat the process and so i kind of took a leap of faith and was like yeah, this, this sounds good. Like he, he guaranteed like he could pay me for six months and that was like enough (laughs) to convince my wife, you know, (laughs) she was like, yeah, sure. And, um, so we kind of started this marketing company. Um, I was the designer and he was the marketer and, uh, it was a paid per, uh, PPC, uh, ad agency. So pay-per-click. So dealing with, uh, Google AdWords and, uh, the design side of it was, you know, designing these marketing landing pages that yeah, when sure. you click on an ad, they go to this landing page. And um, it was something that I'd never heard of. It was all new to me and uh, it was fun and exciting. And um, eventually we started to grow and get more and more clients and uh, we started needing to have more designers. And so uh, I got to learn about the whole hiring process, which uh is not fun at first um but we was we were able to uh find a another great designer and then that grew into you know three designers four designers and um you know over the two years that i was there uh, i started you know learning more about management so eventually i was no longer designing and uh I was managing the small team of designers and, you know, the company was growing and uh, it was a fun challenge. Got to learn about how do I give critique? And it was definitely like a thing where imposter syndrome came in because I didn't go to school for design. And our first designer like was fresh out of school and knew more about knew design, more about yeah. like all these things. But um, I was in this role of where like I'm younger, he's older, I'm his boss. <laughs> He's looking to me. Um, the cool thing, though, was he hadn't used Sketch. So I got to kind of say, like, no, we're using Sketch. You have to learn my way. <laughs> and taught him, you know, how to yeah. use it. And eventually, you know, yeah. he enjoyed the process and was yeah. like, oh, yeah, this is so much easier than using Photoshop for UI design. Um, but, yeah, I, I got to kind of learn about what it's like to manage a small team and um, – yeah, I had no idea about critiques or how to give proper critique. I was always like extremely offended when anyone would like pick apart my design or um, I thought, I mean, I was young. I thought I was like always right. Um, when I worked at the app development company, I was like, no, like a user should like be able to swipe here because they just should. And, yeah. y- you know, um, I didn't look at kind of like a larger picture. Of, I mean, yeah, I just didn't know. So um, I had to learn like, oh, this is like, how you critique someone else's design and this is how you um you know give proper feedback this is how you like set up uh like a process for like you know who does what and how do we you know bring things across the the finish line and deliver it to the client and um so yeah it was it was a fun fun project and team sketch was running along the side this whole time yep exactly so at that point you know it had grown to you know four or five thousand uh, designers and developers in Slack. And um, I was starting to kind of, I mean, make a name sounds uh, selfish, but, you know, I was starting to get out there. And so I was um, wanting to kind of do a little bit more with it. Um, but it's extremely time consuming going through, 
you know, thousands of messages and, um, but you know, I, I was able to connect with like Zeppelin when they just started and I did an AMA with Palin and she was awesome. And, um, I did an AMA with, uh, Kathleen at Facebook and she was at Gumroad. Um, and she was, yeah, I don't know. Has she been on on the the show? show, yeah. Yeah. Um, she did uh, an AMA with us, which was awesome to when she was at Gumroad. And um, there was a bunch of other companies that had started and um, were, you know, making plugins or trying to build these kind of like connections with Sketch to Xcode or Sketch to... Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so all of that was on the side and um, I was running the small department. Yeah. And when, then, go ahead. When did you start cheating on Sketch? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Um, so after that company, I decided to leave it on good terms. Um, I hired my brother. Nepotism. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> he was starting to build out these pages that um, we used a tool, um, like a drag and drop, like WYSIWYG editor to help build them and run A-B tests on them. And um, I hired him to help run all of that. And then I was like, I'm leaving, peace. Uh, and so I went to a product design uh, agency, just a small um, remote one called Masio. And uh, I had, you know, met Peter Del Tondo, who's my boss. And uh, it was great because I wanted to, you know, I'd kind of gone through this phase of learning about, you know, iOS and uh, Android development and design and, you know, project management and then into marketing design and, you know, building a small design team. But being self-taught, I just... I kind of wanted to then like try something new and learn something new. So uh, I went to this product uh, design agency and started actually, you, you know, jumping into product design and learning what that meant and uh, got to work on a lot of great, uh, cool projects, I guess, <laughs> you know, with some bigger clients and um, the stuff that you don't necessarily see uh, that's not uh, customer facing. Sure. Um, so like dashboards and um, how do you make, um, like a backend uh, app for managing printing supplies and yeah, things sure. like that. And around that time is when, you know, these other tools started happening. This was like the prototyping boom. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Figma, I think, had just come out. I mean, they've been around for a little while, but... The first beta launched January of 2015. 2015, okay. So this was... 2016 then so yeah um so it was so, probably out then yeah it was yeah. i think it i think i was on the beta and then it launched mm. shortly after like came out of beta um but you know there was all these prototyping tools popping up and started messing around with it a little bit when i was at um the product design agency and then eventually i left and started i thought i was like i want to do my own thing and started doing freelance and that's kind of when the like transition from sketch to figma happened um during that time i ported this uh slack community over to spectrum yeah. uh which i have a blog post about all those reasons <laughs> that you can read it but um part of it was like slack just wasn't built for communities and uh it would cost tens of thousands of dollars to like pay for yeah. the extra be, features like $40,000 a month for a 5,000 person community. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just something that like, it's also not something they want at all. Exactly. Like he, uh, Stuart keeps tweeting about it. 
Like, yeah, this it's, is not what it's for. They're not going to support it. And um, so I needed to find a new platform. And you um, you guys said, you know, moved your spec uh, Slack community over to Spectrum. You started this new company. And um, it just seemed like the right move. And, you know, we had some conversations and um, a lot of conversations actually about like what that transition might look like. And uh, so eventually I did. And it was great. Lost a lot of people at first, but eventually it, it built back up. <laughs> got, got back up. Um, but one, one thing I did see um, kind of going back to like a conversation on community was like on Slack, it had become just a bunch of people posting links to either their portfolio or Dribble or um, whatever. And there wasn't a, a conversation around it. So, you know, that kind of that same analogy of like, toxic attracts toxic yeah. and not that dribble or anything like that is there's a couple of studios that would do that like every day too yeah exactly yeah. And, and not that that's like inherently toxic or anything but there's no way for someone to come in and learn or like have it sets a strange tone for like what kind of exactly. conversations are expected yeah it's, it's ultimately spamming right it, like, essentially yep 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 so um one thing i did see when we transitioned to spectrum was that uh those conversations you know, stop because of the threaded format. And mm-hmm. um, we, I started to see people, you know, actually have these awesome conversations either around sketch or around design or, you know, they built a new plugin. I think one of the best- The midnight sketch plugin. The midnight sketch yeah. plugin. Yeah, it's probably the top sketch thread That's still. probably the top thread of all time. <laughs> really? Yeah, there's <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of messages there. And um, it started Someone made with, it. It's super cool. Yeah. Was it- is it Danny or I don't I'm sorry I, I don't know the yeah, name. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Uh sorry. <laughs> uh but you he it was like, "Oh, that would be cool to like have a dark theme for sketch and you know, started tinkering with it and posting a process like, "Oh, I was able to change the toolbar and then it grew into mm-hmm. the properties panel and the canvas and uh, eventually it became this like full-on plugin and uh I just yeah, I love that. It was awesome to see that grow. But on Spectrum, there was also this community called Figma, and um, I was starting to use Figma more. Well, so, can you talk about how you got the sketch community in the first place? Because <laughs> Dylan oh, owned that's it. Right. <laughs> I, I totally forgot. Uh, about Dylan picked up the sketch community at first, and I was like, "You can't have that." Yeah, actually, yeah. Dylan emailed me probably from the conversation. I was sitting from right you. next to him yeah. when he did that. Yeah, he emailed me and was like, "Hey, we own the sketch community <laughs> on Spectrum. We can't, have and it this. just points to Figma." this is probably not the right thing to do. So maybe, uh, do you want to own it? I was like, yeah, sure. And yeah, that's why I transitioned <laughs> to Spectrum. Good call, Dylan. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, from there, you know, I started getting more and more involved in the Figma community. Um, for those that don't know, like Spectrum has this rep system that um, is a secret at how it works, but... Not a secret. <laughs> not a secret. Open source, open baby. Source. <laughs> um, it's it's an open secret. Open secret, Yeah. yeah. But if, if you have the motivation to dig like three layers into the file system, you'll you'll figure it. it out. Anyways, there's this rep system that you know the more you interact and engage with the community, the higher your rep is. Um, I started, as long as you don't do shitty things and get moderated. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, also, don't try to game it. Like deleting your threads after you post yeah. them will remove those we'll points. Catch you. Yes. Um, We're not that dumb. <laughs> We're only kind of dumb. Kind of dumb. Mostly dumb. <laughs> But not that dumb. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I started increasing my rep on the Figma community until I passed uh, Jason and Topher, who uh, are two of the support, uh, part of the support team at Figma, and they noticed. <laughs> and so they're like, who's this Josh guy? Topher reached out to me, and you know, we had a whole 
conversation, you know, talking about community. And then I think Bryn recommended me to uh, my manager, Katie. And all of a sudden I, I got a call from I was walking through her. the office one day and D- Dylan goes, should we hire Josh Denserville? I was like, yes. <laughs> cool. cool. Done. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, I don't think that was any piece of it. I think it was just like. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I do kind of owe it to Spectrum though. Cause like without that rep, I don't we'll think they would have seen it. We'll take it. Anyways. <laughs> we gave uh, you that little sparkle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what was it before? It was. Coins. Coins. That's right. And it was like, how do we spend these? And yeah. I was like, no. I didn't like the coins. Like, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Iteration. Um, there was a conversation about making them spendable. <laughs> that's true. But yeah. we never did. Um, but yeah, from there, I, uh, you know, had some conversations and uh, eventually that turned into like some more formal interviews and we started talking about the potential, of, you know, having this community manager and uh, I got into community management. <laughs> Uh, it's a good job. Time. Yeah, you, it's converting great. from design is a little hard. You're you're following a similar digital version of your father's like career. Yes. of like having tried all of the digital. <laughs> all these different things. I think old. this is your British rock band. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. yes. Going back, this yes. is the rock band of your your career trajectory. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, and we've come full circle. Full circle. So now you're a few months in. A few months in. Community's growing. You've hosted your your first few meetups. First few meetups, yeah, yeah, we did a design systems meetup, which started right before I joined. Um, it was originally a dinner, yeah, and quickly we realized like we can't, you know, it's not scale really scalable, these, yeah, these dinners. So we kind of a good dinner though. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't who did, there, who but yeah. Uh, wait, wh- where was it at though? It was at was it the hotel oh, Zeppelin? It was, yeah, it was some hotel. Okay, I think right. I'm staying there now. And, okay, um, I was like, oh, this is. If I had joined a little earlier, I would I mean, have been here. The dinner was great. So, yeah. cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so designsystems.com, it was just this idea of like bringing people together to talk more about design systems and, um, you know, how to build them, what do they mean, and, um, you know, what, like, what part do we as designers play in them? Like, are design systems going to replace designers, things like that. Um, so, it started as a dinner, quickly, you know, grew into the more kind of formal meetups and, um, our first meetup was in uh, Lagos, Nigeria, which was amazing. Um, and then from there, we've done them, you know, in India and Toronto and London, Amsterdam, New York, L.A. Yeah. I might be missing some. Um, Basically a Lupe Fiasco song. Exactly. Wow. Yes. Wow. Tokyo next. They only talk <laughs> about two of them. No. You- uh, two countries. Just no, let the reference slide by, bud. <laughs> Just let it slide. Just let it slide. Yes. Slide like a pear. Miami by Will oh, Smith. God. <laughs> anyway, How was anyways, the transition from anyways. design into community management? Because that was something that I is, struggled yeah. with at first. Yeah, it was definitely something I was like a little worried about. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, doing freelance for almost a whole year kind of helped transition because freelance for all of those who are considering it is not just designing. <laughs> you have to like think about other things yeah. and like Ugh, actually talk to people talk to people and find new business and like go to meetings and have a bunch of calls and like talk about pricing and it's just a lot more work that you know i thought it was just gonna be like oh i can pick and choose my projects work on these cool ones you know don't work on the ones that i don't like make a lot of money and that is not the case at all um but i you know because of that i started doing a lot more um 
you know, different things. I was able to focus a little bit more on the community side with the sketch community. And then, um, yeah, I think it helped me transition into, you know, focusing less on the design side. And the best thing is like Figma is a design tool. Mm -hmm. Um, so I get to interact with designers every day. You know, I quote unquote, like speak the language. So, um, (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's fun. And then, you know, I think I'm trying now that I've been at this, uh, you know, in this new job for almost three months, I'm now starting to like figure out what side projects do I want to work on. And Ooh, what's on your mind? Yeah, that is great. Um, There's also a lot of cool shit you can do with the community on that front too. Totally. Like, that's yeah, something like, I discovered really quickly. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. We have a lot of ideas around that and, you know, even building like right now we actually don't have a community page and, um, that's something we want to make it kind of more central and, um, so designing that and other things, um, side projects. I, so I really want to get kind of back into development. I, I'm not a developer by any means. So, um, and the best way to learn that, I mean, I've tried going through a bunch of different tutorials and online classes and I think they're all great. Um, but the best way is to just actually work on a actual project. So, I have a ton of, I, I keep like a notes, uh, uh, of just like a bunch of ideas. Um, digital I, trumpet, digital trumpet. Yes. The digital farting. Apps yeah. That, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, no, I think one of them is, I was talking about it a little bit on Twitter. I think, and it's super simple, but how do like, how do we make an app that helps you water your plants and reminds you? Um, but that goes beyond just, um, you know, you know, a little alarm that reminds you, um, and that can actually use like AI to maybe, um, help you learn like, what plant is this? What, how much like sun does it need? Um, can it tell if the soil is like wet enough or dry enough? Um, things like that would be really cool. That would be awesome. Yes. Um, I have no idea how to do that. There have been a couple different takes on that. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Hitch's husband did that once. Oh, Russ nice. Mashmeyer. I remember that That's vaguely. Awesome. I was yeah. like so just getting into gardening. There's prior really art cool. here that you yeah. did. Totally. I mean, everything's a remake. Yeah, so. sure. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but yeah, side projects and, um, but yeah, I get to, you know, work with a bunch of designers. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's awesome. What keeps you up at night? <sighs> this question. I should have prepared. Like I knew I was coming here. Yeah, you probably should have. Um, <laughs> you, yeah, you knew you were dun, coming dun, here dun, 30 dun. minutes ago. 30 <laughs> minutes ago. Um, what keeps me up at night? Everyone like it's either those like the serious question or like everyone does the, the like, like yeah my kid my kid yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my cat <laughs> my cat um, no I think because I've kind of done a, a bunch of different things it's like trying to know that like am I on the right path like am I making forward progress in like a, a career and I think the definition of career that you get taught when you like, and and the example that, you know, like the previous generation, our parents had is like, you stick in the same job. And so jumping around, unless you're Mr. Dunsterville. <laughs> unless, yeah. Unless you're my dad, Lord but, Dunsterville Esquire. <laughs> but like my mom's been a teacher for, you know, 20 plus years. Um, so like jumping from job to job, like, am I doing the right thing? Like, am I making the right decisions? Should I, you know, I think about all these things of like, should I, be in design should i like do music again instead should i like try something completely new uh we did like a pottery class with the marketing team 
yesterday. Am and I like, a potter? Like, <laughs> should I get into ceramics? Like, I don't, like there's all these different I'm things. I'm so good at this. <laughs> and I think one of my tendencies is like to become like obsess- obsessive over like these little side hobbies. And, yep. you know, I've gone into, you know, how to roast your own coffee to like fixing road bikes, um, to like typography and trying to learn all of this. And I, I think I get to a certain point and then it just, it drops off and um, it's kind of this element of like, am I failing or not? So yeah, that keeps me up at night. Am I and my kids, I don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> and your non-existent kids. Yes. Uh, I can see how that'd keep you up at night. Yeah. 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 Well, awesome. Good Thank luck. You. I think you're doing great work. Awesome. So are you guys? I'm excited to see the, the community grow. Yes. Let us know how we can yep. help. <laughs> We're right here. I have a lot of feature. <laughs> <laughs> thanks uh, for coming. Yeah, thanks yeah. so much for hanging Thank out. Thank you. That was episode 248. Thanks so much to Josh for coming up from Long Beach and hanging out with us. Super fun. If you liked the episode, if you didn't like the episode, if you want to talk to us, if you want to give us some feedback, head over to spectrum.chat slash specfm. We have a channel in there for design details and every episode is posted in there. As soon as it goes live, uh, we'll be in there chatting around. We'll be around. We'll be around. We'll be around. We might not just chat by ourselves. That'd be weird. Well, we've, we've said enough in this episode. Let's be honest. Before we go, be sure to check out our sponsors that made this episode possible. First up is Abstract. It's a secure version controlled hub for all of your design files, making it easy for your design team, engineering team, and the rest of your company to collaborate on building products. You can get a month for free when you go to goabstract.com. Of course, tell them we sent you. Uh, stop uh, dealing with conflicts. Stop. They're really annoying. Virgin control your designs. Yeah. That's, that's an order at y- goabstract.com. Should designers? No. Should. I was going to do a thing and it was bad. Should designers use swipeys? I don't like where this is going. <laughs> Go get version control. Engineers have had it forever and it's so valuable to that workflow. It's just as valuable to ours. Do the thing. And of course. Do the dang thing. And the other dang thing. When you're not. Swipeys. When you're not drawn on your dang computer drawn some reusable wet erase paper courtesy of stop wasting swipeys. paper stop it stop being all up with your like hipster notebook and shit just like get some white erase paper you can never find enough whiteboards now you can carry them now Many you can of carry them. them lots of them in three different sizes at swipi.es that's swipeys and if you use the promo code specfm you're going to save 10 percent and just get a bunch for your company. Get your company to buy like a thousand yeah. of them and get your Work logo expense. on them. Business expense. Biz expense. It's, it's an great awesome, swag. Awesome collaboration tool. Yeah. Do it. Ship it. So Love thank it. you to Abstract and Swipeys for making this episode possible. And we'll see you next week. What do you put in your guac? Or is it a secret? Five or four things. Hands. Uh, One finger. Guacamole. Lime. Avocado. Yeah. (laughs) What do you put in your guacamole? (laughs) Guacamole. Put in a container guacamole. (laughs) (laughs) Avocado, onion, lime, cilantro, sometimes jalapeno. No garlic. No. That's for the salsa. Garlic is good. 
It is good. But <laughs> I, I like my guac to be like very focused. <laughs> a lot of people fuck it up and put tomato in it. I'm not about that. No tomato. That's trash. I like my guac like I like my day-to-day work cycle. Flow? Focused. Flow state. Guacaflowly. <laughs> Guacaflowly. That was not good. <laughs>